My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm 44 years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name is Shannon. I'm 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name is Karen. I am 50 years old. My name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. I am an adult Irish dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Happy weekend, everybody, and happy Memorial Day weekend to those of you in the United States. You have a great three-day weekend ahead of you, hopefully. My name is Jen Clark. Welcome back to Episode 8 of the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. One of the reasons I love being in radio for 15 years is because nobody can see you, um, which is kind of nice. And uh, here I am now doing this podcast in my pajamas in my backyard in Oro Valley, Arizona, just outside of Tucson. So, you know, who cares if you're in your pajamas, if you are at work, if you're in the car, no matter what you're doing, welcome. So happy to have you back. Thank you for being with us for our eighth episode. That's a big accomplishment. I truly never thought I would make it to eight episodes, but you know, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Very excited about our guests this week. We have um, the folks from McTaggart Irish Dancers, uh, based out of Kentucky, but they are all over the country. We're going to have them on today. They've got a wonderful adult Irish dance program. They've got a music program. Uh, They have a Sean Nose program. So I can't wait to talk to them about it. I've seen their name kind of all over the Irish dance world, and I'm really happy to have them on the podcast this week. Um, Personally, I am still totally guilty of not going to an Irish dance class here in the Tucson area. Uh, My mom is actually visiting from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my mom's disabled. So um, doing things with her takes a little bit of extra time. And of course, regardless, I want to spend time with her. But I'm just not feeling the urge right now to go to an Irish dance class. I feel like, you know, I, I'm just, I need to get settled in here and I want to make sure I give myself enough time to do that because I am very guilty of not giving myself enough time to settle into a place before I fully jump in head first. That was something in radio though, that, um, it happened a lot. You know, you, you get a job in a different state or a different city and they're like, okay, cool. Can you be here in two weeks? And you have to, you know, sell your house or cancel your lease and pack and and get out there. And it's literally like the day after you get there, they have you out doing public appearances. So that's kind of what I'm used to. But we didn't move to Tucson for radio. We moved to Tucson because of the weather. And um, I'm, I don't have to throw myself into anything fast. So I'm not going to. And, and it's, it's in my nature to do that. It's in my nature to just get involved in the community and go out and do it. But because I have more time to kind of acclimate this time, I'm going to take it. And I just don't feel like going to an Irish dance class right now is something that I would be able to focus on. Um, I, I think once my husband and my son get here from Michigan, they're coming out in, uh, I think, June 13th, right after school ends. Um, once they get out here and I help them get settled, I think I will be much more ready to go to an Irish dance class. But at the moment, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good sitting by my pool back here. I am setting up my house. Uh, not Irish dance related, but I am building my cats a catio. No, I did not make up that word. My mom asked me that. She said, did you make up that word? I said, I did not. Um, but I'm I'm building my cats a catio, which is basically an outdoor enclosure for them to hang out in. 
because it's just not safe uh, here in Arizona. There are too many predators that could possibly get to your cats. So having outdoor cats is not a thing here, but um, that's my focus. I have to get this catio built. And let me tell you, I am terrified of it. I'll keep you abreast on the the updates with it. Uh, As of right now, it's sitting in a gigantic box in my living room. So that's what I'm focused on right now. And of course, focused on this podcast. But yeah, personally, no Irish dance for me yet. And and that's okay. Um, Like my husband said, he said, you have time to get used to being there and get used to the life change. So take that time. And I'm going to take that time. And uh, But I will definitely be going back to an Irish dance class at some point in the next couple of months because I miss it already. I absolutely miss it. I'm on Instagram uh, seeing all these videos of dancers getting ready for competitions and, you know, returning Irish music festivals and stuff over the summer. And, and I'm Got a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out, um, but I know I have to take this time and, you know, adjust to a life change. So thanks for being here again. And this week's question that we are asking is about competition, actually. What is your favorite part of feshing? And what is your least favorite part of feshing? Because I, listen, I'm a very real person. Like I probably uncomfortably real for some people. Um, But, you know, I think it's important to talk about the things you love and the things you don't love because a lot of the times you can fix those things. So we asked on Facebook this week what your favorite and least favorite things are about competing. Laura says, my favorite is live music. I feel so much more connected to my steps. Least Putting on false eyelashes. Man, I, I've just, I've never worn false eyelashes to a fesh. And I know that's kind of a newer thing in like the last decade or so. And I just started competing again a few years ago. So I just, I, I will not do fake eyelashes. Like for me, that is just one more thing to worry about. I'm already worried about my wig falling off or my tights rolling down. The last thing I need to worry about is fake eyelashes. But I agree with Laura with the live music Um I, I love live music at a fesh. I know it's not always a possibility, um, but when it is there, it is incredible. And it, it feels like it gives you an extra boost. You know what I mean? Nora says, favorite, traveling abroad for competitions with friends because there are no domestic competitions right now. Getting dolled up, dancing to live music. Least favorite, having to dance in pairs and having the other dancer do ex- unexpected things or block unintentionally my steps. Blackouts on stage. I don't think I've done a single fest since I started competing where I wouldn't have forgotten steps I know for sure and can dance. Making stuff up in panic is not the best look. Uh, The way fest venues are always difficult to get to and out in the sticks. There's no shops or anything. You have to cart around a huge pack of snacks to make it through the day. Oh, that's so funny. And yeah, um, I, I think we can all agree with that on some level. Um, making up stuff in, in panic mode is, is terrifying and you're convinced everybody knows you messed up. Lisa says, favorite, dancing on Marley floors, meeting dance friends. Depending on the event, I love to explore a new place, eat out, do some sightseeing. Least favorite, often no proper warm-up space, waiting to dance and waiting for results when the floor is slippery or bumpy. Sometimes the frustration about results when I know I did my best but can't keep up with dancers who have regular classes with a teacher. Sherry Lynn says, least favorite, nerves. <laughs> From a few weeks before the competitions, the anxiety gets worse. And on the day, so much tummy ache, nausea, dry mouth, agitation. I can't have a decent conversation with people until it's all over. My favorite is when it's all over. 
when my last dance is done, it's like a weight has been lifted off me. My energy comes back. I can breathe properly. I can eat and I feel great. And then I can actually speak to people, but most of them have left by then. That's so funny and and, and so relatable because I think anxiety, if you deal with it on a regular basis, um, I feel like it's even worse when, when fetch time comes around because you feel like it's self-torture. Like you don't have to compete, but you do it and you hate every minute leading up to it because you're nervous about it. You hate doing it because you're nervous while you're doing it. And there's 6 million things to be nervous about. But then when it's all over, you feel great. Even if your results are bad, you know, you did it. So I can totally agree with her on that. Finn says least favorite waiting around for a zillion hours in a noisy crowded hall because fetch timetables are fake news. Often nowhere to fill up a water bottle or escape from the noise. My favorite part, meeting people from other dance schools and seeing people I haven't seen in ages. Melissa echoes the, uh, the favorite part about playing with live music. Sometimes when it's a small stage and you're dancing alone, it feels like it's just you and the musician, like making music together. Least favorite, getting dolled up. I don't do it well. (laughs) Kat says, favorite, dancing with friends, old and new. Least favorite, not enough competition, dancing alone. You never know till you pay, and by then it's too late. Oh, my gosh. So relatable, Kat. Totally get it. Anna says, favorite, a day or weekend with my dance family, meeting friends, celebrating each other's successes, nailing a dance on stage. Least favorite, feshes that run over time, having a hard time sleeping at hotels. I have to travel and stay overnight for feshes. Melissa says, favorites, friends, travel, live music, and adrenaline. Least favorite, having to do all three steps of hard shoe. Getting more anxious about this as I get older, too. Oh, gosh, Melissa, 100% on that. That's honestly why I kind of like um, being in prelims because you only have to do two dances. And at least with my competitions, um, you only have to do the two steps. You don't have to do more than that. Although it is awkward then when you're competing against somebody younger than you and they're doing a third step and you just go back and stand there. Like you almost feel lazy, like you should be doing a third step. Jen says, favorite, getting to feel like I'm still a dancer despite the injuries, the knee replacement, extra weight, and age. Jen is 49. Least favorite, toss-up between missing one of my kids dancing and spending so much time on my feet. Lately, the adult competitions have been on stage at the same time as at least one of my kids. All four of them dance. And I know that is a problem for a lot of adults who dance with their kids, is there's a lot of guilt about missing your kids dancing. But thank you so much to everybody who contributed in on that. Again, these things are just so relatable. And as I'm reading them, I'm like, yes, yes, totally. I love that. And I hate that too. And I I get it. So, you know, that's one of the things I want to accomplish with this podcast is to be relatable and, you know, make everybody kind of feel like we are one big family. And, you know, when you see those other adults competing, know that a lot of them have the same anxieties you do and are, are feeling, you know, kind of old. <laughs> I think we all feel old um, most of the time, but we're out there doing it, and that's all that matters. So coming up next, we're going to talk to the folks from McTaggart Irish Dance in Kentucky and throughout the country. They have locations everywhere. I'm very excited to talk to them. Coming up next on the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I'm super excited about this week's interview. We have the ladies and gents from McTaggart Irish Dance in Kentucky. We have Allison Duvall, Aaron Carmody, and Nathan Bentley. How are you guys doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Pretty good. Yeah, thanks for having us. And you guys teach uh, this evening, so we've got to get this interview done, correct? What do you guys teach? 
Um, so I am teaching our um, intro to adult class, so the very beginning um, adults. And then I pick it up and we have an advanced, we call them advanced beginners slash intermediate. We kind of lump all that bunch together. Okay. So. Gotcha. And you guys are located where in Kentucky? We are in Lexington, right? What we call central Kentucky in these parts. Okay. I've been to Kentucky a couple of times. I love Louisville. It's a great city. I, it was kind of a place I always wanted to move to, but never really got the chance. So I, I love that you guys are on the podcast this week. And again, thanks for being here. Um, you guys have a really great adult program, and we're going to get to that in a few minutes, but I want you guys to introduce yourselves and kind of briefly tell us um, how you got into Irish dance and um, how you got into teaching. So whatever order you want to go in, uh, go for it. It's all you. I'll go first. This is Erin. Um, so I grew up Irish dancing in middle school and high school. I'm originally from the Virginia Beach area, so I grew up dancing with Encore Rude, which is now the Walker Academy of Irish Dance. Um, and uh, I'm also a competitive equestrian. So somewhere uh, around late high school, my parents were like, so do you want a solo dress? Or like, would you like to continue showing horses? So <laughs> at the time, I, I picked the horses um, and took about a decade or so off and moved to Kentucky for work and um, was, you know, just same thing, I guess, with the Google. I, I <laughs> Google found an adult program showed up actually in Nathan's beginner class with my gillies in my hand. Like, I don't really know if I can still do this, but like, here I am. Uh, so I guess the rest is history now. Oh, that's awesome. And this is Nathan. Um, so I have zero dance background. I tell people the closest thing I had to dance was defensive drills and basketball growing up. <laughs> but um, uh, so, yeah, so no dance background, but always had like, among other types of music, we had Irish music at the house off and on. So I always liked it and, you know, soul dance, not just river dance, but other types of like more traditional, let's say Irish dancing at some concerts and things. And, um, was at a point I, I ran a whole lot. That was kind of my thing for a while. And I got to the point where I was ready for something else. And I knew Allison from other avenues and knew she did Irish dancing and happened to see an ad in the paper for, you know, intro for adults. And I knew that she was at the school and I thought, well, how often do you see intro anything for adults? So I thought, well, if nothing else, Allison might be there. So it won't be totally weird. <laughs> so I showed up um, and it took and the, the person who had been teaching the kind of the beginner, advanced beginner, intermediate, like you're talking about uh, classes, left the country for a while for work and I got tagged to kind of fill in and teach. And that was, just, I don't know, four Four, let's say four years ago, and uh, I've been dancing here for about seven and a half, started teaching about four, and I'm still here doing it. And okay, both so, so you started dancing as an adult. Well, how old were yeah. you when you started dance Irish dancing? Uh, 35. It's so cool because um, I found through this podcast that there are two camps of people. There are um, the camp of people that started when they were a kid, took a break, and then came back and as adult. And then there are the the camps of people like you who started as, as an adult. And I'm more fascinated with that story personally because I'm one, you know, like I started when I was 13 and took a break and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I love that you started when you were 35. Did you find it... Um, you said it took, did you find it difficult at first or was it just something you realized, wow, I've got a natural talent for this? Well, my wife tells me that 
well, she didn't tell me this immediately, but she totally figured that, you know, I'd come to a class or two and come home and be like, yeah, this ain't for me. But, you know, like I said, seven and a half years, I'm still here. It, um, like, it's weird where, I guess, because I grew up around music, like, even if I didn't know the theory or maybe some of the intricacies with the traditional Irish music, like, I could kind of, I just heard the rhythms and it just kind of, like we tell all our adults, you know, you do you, you do what you can. Definitely. I think that our, you know, our adult beginner-ish teachers, you know, we have two, the two types of people, right? Like there's me, if somebody is coming into the class the way that I was um, as someone who had danced and was like, I don't, I don't know, can I still leap? I don't know. And, um, and then there's Nathan who's like, if you've never done this before, that's fine. Neither had I, it's fine. <laughs> so Who of your group are, are you all TCRGs or who's the TCRG in the group? So I'm the TCRG currently. We, we formerly had three TCRGs on our faculty one retired from teaching, one just moved out to Colorado to teach with the McTaggart location there. Um, and then here, I'm very lucky to lead a faculty of amazing people, several of whom are studying to take their TMRF or their TCRG through the commission. Um, but yeah, I'm the TCRG here in Lexington for right now. And yeah, I did read that on your website, you guys have locations in how many states? So somebody asked me this last night, we have McTaggart has locations in Alaska, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kentucky at this point. Okay. Where are you guys located? Because um, I'm in Arizona as where, where as well. Where are you guys located? In Phoenix. Oh, man. Just a little too far. You know, yeah. in, in my younger days, I would totally drive an hour and a half for Irish dance, but um, I'm old now. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> class is tiring enough. I feel like the drive would be a, a mistake, but that's awesome. Um, and McTaggart has a great history that started back in Ireland um, and then the instructors immigrated to the United States. How close were you guys to the original founders of the school? So I grew up dancing under Maureen Hall, who was the um, the originator of McTaggart in the United States. Her sister, her sister Peggy and her sister Nancy taught in Cork. Um, and Mrs. Hall, as we belovedly called her, moved to the States in 1958. And she started, I believe she first emigrated to Denver. So that's where McTaggart and Colorado kind of sprung from. And then later she moved to Fresno. So there used to be McTaggart in California as well. Um, and I grew up studying under her when I was 10 years old. I went to my first Irish dancing class. And at the time, it, the reason that McTaggart ever came to Kentucky was that a McTaggart dance family had moved from Texas to Kentucky and there was no Irish dance in Lexington at the time. So they convinced Mrs. Hall to fly in to Lexington once a month. And after a while, she told them, you really need to build a class because she was just flying in to teach this family sure, <laughs> of dancers, yeah. um, an Irish immigrant family as well. Um, so I was this little 10-year-old who went to my first class in this family's basement. And I'm the only remaining dancer from the basement era, as we called it. The basement um, era, I love the it. basement <laughs> era, yeah. And so I grew up dancing with this school, um, got my TCRG in 2013 um, under Maureen Hall, and I'm very, very proud to continue being part of this family's tradition um, and be leading the Irish dance school here in Lexington. That's an incredible, it's, it's, McTaggart just has such a cool origin story, and I love that. And so let's talk about the adult class, because because you guys have a pretty active adult program. Is that something that is offered at all locations or is that something that was offered from the beginning? What's the history of your adult class? Yeah, so I think it's becoming more popular in other McTaggart locations as we've kind of grown it here in Kentucky. 
Um, I don't actually know the history of adult programs at other McTaggart locations. So they, they could have far predated our program. But when I was in college and I know I stayed in Lexington for college um, and I decided during college that I wanted friends to dance with who were my peer group. So it was kind of throughout my 20s that I started building up the program. And now other McTaggart locations have started developing adult programs as well. So my my dear friend and colleague, Haley, who just moved out to Colorado to teach, excitedly told me on a, in a text message the other day that she's starting to teach an adult class for McTaggart in Colorado. So oh, they've been happening in different places, but I think it was it was kind of the, my own um, passion and desire to have um friends to dance with who were my own age and not just my little tiny students. Um, but then it was people like Nathan who walked into the studio and then Nathan who's taken leadership and kind of lifted up Aaron as the next generation of leadership in the program that's really allowed it to flourish. We, And I would love to hear Aaron and Nathan talk about this, but one of the things we care a lot about at McTaggart here in Kentucky is within our dance school, you don't, you don't only learn to dance, but you are part of a community and part of our tradition here is that you learn to pass on the tradition. So from our children all the way up through our adults, we're always trying to raise up leadership to continue transmitting this beautiful art form to the next generation of dancers. Well, that's lovely. I love that. And yeah, um, is the adult program more recreational or is it competitive or is it a little bit of both? Well, we're, yeah, we run the gamut. Um, I'll talk about pre-COVID times because, you know, we're still kind of figuring out what's going on now. Sure. Pre-COVID times, um, we had everybody in the adult classes from, there was a guy who was retired, who drove like, well, you said an hour and a half. He actually, he was retired though, but he drove an hour and a half every Monday to come to class, had no intentions of ever competing uh, or performing. And we have a thing here in Lexington. I'm assuming we'll get back to it one of these days. Uh, We call McCarthy's Night. The first Thursday of every month, there's an Irish pub downtown and there's a a traditional band called Liam's Fancy that we've gotten really close with. We perform with them in other venues, but first Thursday of every month, they play music. We show up, we dance and have fun. And this gentleman will drive in just for McCarthy's night. And even, you know, if Allison's calling like a random Kaylee, and getting people who have never danced before out there just to teach them to dance, he will just stay in the back and just socialize. And so there's, you know, that end. And then we have people who we've got, uh, we've built a pretty good team program here with our adults. And so we have people who, you know, when the time comes and typically it's a rock season, uh, we don't mess around when it comes to preparing for a rock and, uh, and over the last few years, they've added, at least in mid-America, they've added trad sets. So we've been able to do that as well. But we've got we've got the whole range and everything in between pretty much. Yeah. Um, and to add on top of that, I mean, we have dancers who, um, who danced as kids but achieved, unlike myself, were open champs and have now come back. So, um, so they, you know, they're continually pushing us to up our level of dancing as well. And um, – so I, I do agree with Nathan. We have a bit of everything. And certainly if you never want to compete, like totally cool. Um, we'll still teach you to dance and you're still welcome to be part of this community and have a great time. Um, if you do, then, then we do that too. And we take it pretty seriously. Um, and the humble brag is our eight hand and four hands were um, Mid-America Arachnus champions in 2019. 
Oh, amazing. Uh, That's a, no, please brag. That is, that is something to brag about. <laughs> and so I guess since there were no teams last year, we're, we like to say we get to keep the title for an extra year. <laughs> yeah. If there's uh, one good thing that came out of the, uh, the pandemic is that they got to keep their titles for one extra year. I think that's totally fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, we take our teams and stuff pretty seriously. Um, but I, I think for myself, I'm, I'm, not even sure what I would be doing here in Kentucky if I hadn't found McTaggart and happened to walk into Nathan's class in 2015, because um, I can honestly say that these people have become my best friends here. Um, and I don't really hang out with other people. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, Irish dance families definitely become your family. I mean, your family, your friends, that's, that's your world. And I, I totally understand that since moving to Arizona, I do feel a bit isolated um, because I don't have an Irish dance family to cling on to yet. So I totally get that. It's, it is a family and it's a, I'm friends with dancers. I met when I was 13. I'm friends with dancers. I met when I was 20. I mean, it is, it is a big family. And, and that's, I think one of the, the most appealing things for a lot of people, especially adults about Irish dancing. Um, but you guys, you have such an interesting program at McTaggart. You guys are more than just dance. Um, you have a music program and, um, Sean knows, tell me a little bit about the other things you guys offer, because that is a lot of schools don't offer more than just the basic Irish dance. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'll talk about the music program first, because we're, we're so happy for and proud of our friends who are leading that charge. But, um, one of our adult students, Jeremy Wade, who is a accomplished dancer and also a very accomplished musician and, um, music educator, um, he started teaching Balron classes, the Irish frame drum at our studio several years ago, and also helps teach in our beginner children's program. So he incorporates a lot of musicality and rhythm into teaching of our beginner kiddos. Um, he and a, another dear friend of ours, Justin Bridges, who teaches with the Riley School of Irish Music up in Cincinnati, um, they have just launched the Kentucky Irish Music Academy, which now is just teaching virtually as COVID uh, subsides. Um, so we, we nominally offer music classes through our school, but we're very excited for them that they're being able to launch this new venture. And so pretty soon the, the music teaching will kind of migrate over to the Kentucky Irish Music Academy with whom we have a very close friendship, um, Jeremy and Justin leading that charge. Um, so another program of ours is our Shenos program. I became very enamored of Shenos dancing probably 10 years ago, going down a YouTube rabbit hole um, and finding people like Kieran Jordan and Boston and Edwina Gookian and Kenny Leitrim um, and just other Shenos dancers and got so, um, I was kind of just befuddled at how little I knew about the diversity of Irish dancing. And so reached out to Kieran Jordan, took my first private lesson, later went to Ireland to work with Edwina Gookian and then took a lesson with Shannon Dunn, who was formerly with Capital Irish Arts in, um, in DC. Um, so I've just kept developing my own Shannon's practice, working with these kind of modern day dancing masters. And I'm also now pursuing my MA in Irish dance studies through the University of Limerick. So I've gotten to work with some dancers there, including Shannon's practitioners. So brought that back here to Lexington and my, because I wasn't brought up in a Shannos and traditional music community, I've kind of been having to create my own way of teaching it, um, having not grown up in that kind of space. So it's much different, the structure of the classes, Erin can attest to this because she's taken some of them, but they're much different than how we teach our step dancing classes. 
Um, I dim the lights. Um, there's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of relaxation and kind of getting into your body and getting into the floor and connecting to the music. Um, so for me, Shannos dancing is a beautiful compliment to step dancing because step dancing can be so strenuous on the body. Um, Aaron can also to att attest to how Shannos can make you more musical and help you um, develop better rhythmic sensibilities in your step dancing. And I just find it a really liberating practice personally. Um, I still love Irish dancing. Obviously I teach it. It's an aesthetic that I really do enjoy and value, but for my own self as a dancer these days, I tend to um, practice more my Shando style dancing than I do my step dancing. But Erin, you've taken the Shando's classes. So what do you think? Um, I think they're a blast. And it it is like taking yourself slightly out of the step, well, very much out of the step dancing frame of mind. And it's, it's hilarious to see the, those of us who take the um, step dancing classes as well um, versus the people who only take Shandos because it's just like, especially when we're, when we're able to do the classes in person, you know, we're all in here in the studio and you look down the line in the mirror and there's like four of us just naturally standing at attention with our feet in fifth position. <laughs> ready to do the thing because I'm in the studio. So that must mean I'm doing this. And, um, and then I, I think it really has helped me. Um, I've always been a stronger soft shoe dancer than hard shoe dancer. And um, so yeah, rhythmically it helped, but it also really helped me um, ground my sounds. Um, so I think that, and you know, like heavier back foot noises and, and things like that. So it has strengthened my hard shoe dance a lot. And I'm learning more about the Chano style of dance. Um, just recently, I had an adult dancer who um, came in and she had done a lot of Sean knows with her, her other school. And when we performed, I always encouraged her. I'm like, go do it. You know, that is, it's different. It's cool. It's something I don't know a lot about. Um, but one of the things I noticed with her is, and, and maybe you can clarify this for me because I, I self admittedly do not know enough about the style of dance, but do you feel like it is um, easier for adults to, to not necessarily learn, but um, execute Sean Nose than it is regular Irish step dancing? Because like you said, Irish step dancing is beautiful, but it is hard on the body. And I noticed that, you know, my adult dancer, she did really well in Sean Nose. And there were a few things um, just in regular step dancing that she couldn't do. Do you feel like it's a, a better choice for adults or does it just kind of depend on the person? I think it depends on the person, honestly. Um, I will say though, for some of my older adults, including my mom, um, who take my Shannos classes, they're, you know, they're, they're getting on in years and their bodies and their feet won't allow them to be on releve in releve the whole time. Like we require in step dancing and the, the form of, um, step dancing that we teach now is so tied to the aesthetic that is popular in Feshna. Like we're really training for kind of a competitive aesthetic. Yeah. And so it's not that welcoming, I think for many adult bodies. Um, so some people who are, are quite fit and they want that kind of rigor, I think step dancing is great for them, but I know for people who are more enamored of the music and they, they love the culture, they want to go to Ireland and dance in a pub. Like they just want to do it in a more casual way. I do think it's a much more approachable style because it's so much more gentle on the body. And there's no one aesthetic that you're training for. In Shan Nose, I mean, there is a, you can definitely view like Cape Breton step dancing or Quebec step dancing, Ottawa Valley. Like you can, you can see on the percussive family tree, 
where the differentiations are, if you're familiar with different forms, but there's no one aesthetic that you're training for in, in Shendo stancing. You're really learning to express yourself and move your body in the way that your body wants to move. At least that's how I interpret what I've been taught from these masters I've studied with. That's so cool. I, it just, I, I realize how much I have to learn about, um, you know, Irish dancing and, and the different forms of it as well. Um, it's something I always ask uh, teachers when they call in, because I'm curious how every school goes about it. Do you guys um, at McTaggart, do you have um, a specific adult class and do you combine adults with younger dancers depending on their level? Do you change steps for, for adult dancers? How does that work at McTaggart? Well, Nathan, you want to take it in terms of how we structure our classes, and then I can talk about the choreography. Sure. So we have, we're, we're kind of stair-step people up. So we have the like total beginner, which is what Aaron is shortly going to be taking over. Um, and that's where, you know, you kind of figure out where people come in at, whether it's never danced before, grew up dancing, and then you kind of try to, there's, there's some basic steps that everybody has to learn that we've got kind of plotted out on a matrix or a whatever you want to call it. Okay. And, um, you know, depending on how they pick those up and how they're doing determines how quickly they kind of move up to, I guess what we were calling our advanced beginner slash intermediate class. And then there's always the, the, these baseline steps that even in that second round of classes, you kind of have to learn and get comfortable with and show that you can do them before you move up to the advanced adult class, which is the one that Allison teaches, which is the one that Aaron and I currently still take where we're, we're still learning how to do this thing. And then from there, Allison will probably talk about how that class works because I'm just a student and I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. You know, you know, just as well as I do, but to your question, Jen, about, um, you know, how we, how we structure the classes and like what material we teach in them. We don't have other than our, some open champions who are um, still competing in the and overs. We don't blend our adult, our adult program with the kids program. Although we do have, we used to have pre COVID like community events and Kaylee's and we have, you know, recitals and performances where the whole school comes together, but we don't tend to blend the classes together normally. Um, in terms of the material, a lot of the material in the adult program is pretty standard McTaggart material. And then with the advanced dancers, that's where I often get to kind of have a little bit of fun myself and experimenting with different choreographies. So a lot of the material in the advanced adult classes is stuff that I've created. Um, and some, and then it kind of blends with some traditional McTaggart material in the school as well. That's one of the funnest things, I think, personally, and I, I don't know if you can uh, agree with this or not, but to see a dancer perform choreography that you created is one of the coolest and, and not just perform, but even compete with it, I think is one of the coolest feelings as a teacher. Definitely. It's really, and I, I feel that way too, though, about like uh, Nathan and Aaron talked about our adult Kaylee team. I feel that way, even about Kaylee's that I didn't compose, <laughs> but, but you know, like just the pride of working with your students and seeing them push themselves so hard to excel. And then they put that on stage. It's just incredibly gratifying. I, I'm, that's what I missed so much about the Aractus last year was watching the dancers, the team dancers put their teams on stage. Um, so I'm really hoping, I'm hoping it's going to come back this year. 
I have a good feeling. I'm trying to think positive about everything. I feel like it's it's happening slowly. Um, I think where where was it? They just did, I think the first big fesh in uh, the southern region over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that on Facebook somewhere. But it was it was really kind of you know it, it gives you a little bit of a positive outlook that we could be getting back to normal. And hopefully by the time Aractus rolls around, it will be somewhat back to normal. Um, but I would love to ask you guys, um, just, you know, personal opinions. What is your favorite part about teaching adult classes? So for me, it's, and again, this may be coming from, you know, my perspective of not having grown up doing this thing. It's when somebody, you can tell when something clicks and when, when they're working on something that's so far out of their comfort zone, and you can, you know, they're struggling and they're just kind of muddling their way through something. And then whatever it is that made the difference and, it, you know, you can tell that they've got it. And that, I always thought that was really cool because that's how I feel sometimes, too, is, you know, Allison makes up some of this choreography stuff. I'm like, what in the world is this? <laughs> and then that's, that's a lot of uh, St. Patrick's Day season prep is like, what is going on? <laughs> and then, you know, at some point... Um, everybody's looks at each other and is like, Oh, I think we've got it. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah it, it happened again. <laughs> it always, and it, it always seems to happen that way. I know we, we start new steps and we're like, this is never going to take, like, there's no way. And then just one day you get it. And it's, it's a great feeling. I mean, to that point, um, to Nathan's point, there are giant, literal giant post-its on our back wall of our studio right now that are um, a new slow hornpipe Allison composed for our adult class. Um, that I think might sort of be starting to make sense to me. But <laughs> put that up there, I was like, what is this? You can't be possibly expecting me to make this happen. But it's sort of starting to happen. But um, one of my favorite things about teaching uh, is I, I enjoy introducing people to this art form and this part of the Irish culture um, and seeing people hopefully fall in love with it and stick around and understand the community that we've built here. So that's my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, and for me there's so many things I love. I love, um, the moments in classes, which I know we'll get back to. This was very much pre COVID, but where we would just break out into giggles and laughter because somebody did something funny or a mistake was made. that was hilarious. It's like those moments where it's more than just teacher and student. It's really like a group of friends who are getting together to do something that they love. Um, and I also really can't wait to get back to, we have a great tradition. This is not specifically about teaching, but it's about the community of adults we have. We have great traditions of McTaggart adult Christmas parties, which I can't wait to get back to. And then um, really fun celebratory parties um, at every Arachtus because um, we've not always won them, but we've done quite well. So we have like wonderful, you know, Saturday night after Kaylee team competitions and awards, we always have a great party together. So I can't wait to get back to that part of it too, the social part of it beyond just the the classes themselves. The social part of it for me usually ends up interfering with classes. I know we, we always get to a point where I feel like we're talking too much. We're like, we should probably do some dancing here because isn't that what we're here to do? But I, I do love the social aspect of the adult classes. And I wanted to thank you guys for being on today because your adult program is just so cool. And if it's not just kind of a standalone thing it's part of your school and that's what attracted me to it and I think is so great um so thank you for being on the podcast today and if you guys want to plug uh your school your website tell people um again where you're located and where they can find you 
Definitely. We're, our website is kyirishdancers.org and on social media, we are McTaggart KY. And we, if you're in the area or nearby, we'd love to have you dance with us. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the Adult Irish Dancers podcast today. Thank you for taking the time and uh, I'll let you uh, get to your classes, get to teaching your classes tonight. So thanks again. And I appreciate it. Um, We have Nathan, Aaron, and Allison from McTaggart in Kentucky here. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast this week, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. Wrapping up the eighth episode of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. In case you're wondering, uh, I'm not sure where you're listening from right now, but we are everywhere. You can listen to us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, the Beat app, which has wonderful fesh music. I used it for years for my dancers. Um, great app and uh, I'm biased, great content because they air our podcast. So Google Podcast, Beat, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple, we are up there. You can listen to us on any of those platforms. You can connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com. You can email me there. You can contact me. Um, and thank you so much to the teachers from McTaggart for being on today. I think it was really cool to not only have a male teacher on because that, you know, there's a lot of male teachers, but not so much in the adult world. Um, and not only that, but a male adult Irish dancer who started as an adult and is now teaching. I think that's wonderful. You can see their pictures. They're all up on our Facebook page, our Instagram and adult Irish dance It's been a great week. I hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend here in the United States. I hope you have a great weekend, no matter where you are. Thank you for joining us here on the adult Irish dancers podcast for another week. And I'll be back to talk to you next week. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Chris. I'm 45 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name is Patty. I'm 56 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am 47 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Grace. I'm 28 years old and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 38 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com.